My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Resultum Gloriari in Cruci Domini Nostri Jesu Christi. We are called to glory in the cross of Christ, the liturgy tells us. This meditation is about placing the cross of Christ at the summit of all human activities and also about loving the cross. Our Lord has said that whoever loses his life will save it. And so he invites us to take up our cross and follow him. We are to put the cross of Christ on the summit of all human activities, we need to be placing it on the top of our own personal activities and of our life. I heard somebody say once that the, the goal of the University of Navarre is to place the cross of Christ on top of all human activities. You could say that's the goal of every corporate apostolic work of Opus Day. And so our Lord invites us to be close to the cross, <clears throat> to know the wisdom of the cross, and to be friends of the cross, and to thank our Lord for the crosses that he sends us. Because we know that each one of those crosses are blessings. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, look, he is destined for the fall and for the rise of many in Israel, destined to be a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce your soul too, so that the secret thoughts of many hearts may be laid bare. <clears throat> and so our lady's heart was also pierced with a sword. Simeon was the first to speak to her about the cross. All the others who came to speak to her, they talked about the joy, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people the angels, the shepherds, the magi. But Simeon talks to her about the sword that will pierce her heart. And so we have learned with our formation that when the cross comes, well, it's a sign of, of blessings, of God is with us. He blesses us with the cross, and so we can thank him for those things. Then speaking to all, he said, if anyone wants to follow me, let him renounce himself and take up his cross every day and follow me. And so we're also told that the cross is not just something that comes along once or twice in our life. But there are small things every day where our Lord reaches out to us and invites us to be a little closer to him. And so we could try to see the hand of God behind those things. Often there are little divine calls to stand on our own self-love, our egoism, our pride, and to learn to be a little bit more Christ-like and therefore a little bit more effective, a little bit more united, so that we learn how to see the value of those things, the value of the sanctifying effect that it has upon us to lift up the whole of our lives and the whole of the world. And to place Christ then at the top of all the things that we're doing, of our profession, of our apostolate, of our pastimes, of so many other things. 
One time, our father was given a civil honour in the 1950s, a medal of some type, and one of his sons around that time, a military person, well, congratulated him on getting that particular medal. Now, father said, for you military men, this business of getting medals is an important affair, but not for me, and you too at the bottom of your heart. I'm only interested in one cross, the Holy Cross. And so our father was very focused on the cross. So this was something special that God had given to him, the means to achieve the end. <clears throat> we know we become more effective in and through the cross. In the man from Villa Tevere, we're told that looked at from every angle, Monsignor Escriva's life was sealed with the sign of the cross. He understood that it had to be like that on February the 14th, 1943, in a house in Horky Manrique Street. He was celebrating Mass in the, auditories that he, in the auditory his daughters had there, when he saw with utter clarity the badge or seal of the work. Sealed because the work has no coat of arms, as he said later. It was the cross at the very centre of the world. As he saw it, the cross was always a sign of contradiction, scandal to some, madness to others. A paradox in a world that had come to identify good with pleasure and evil with pain. We live in a world where people run away from the cross. They see it as some sort of punishment or something negative. We are invited to see it as something positive. It's the means that Christ has given us, that he used to redeem the world. Make your own mind the mind of Christ Jesus, St. Paul says. And so we're invited to a new conversion, to see things in a different way from a supernatural perspective. Well, being in the form of God did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself. A lot of our carrying the cross, or the cross that comes along, has to do with this self-emptying. When something is empty, well, it's very clear. There's not just a little bit left in it. The bottle is empty. The cash box is empty. The tube of toothpaste is empty. It's a very clear concept. And so he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave and becoming as human beings are and being in every way like a human being. He was humbler, yes, even to accepting death, death on a cross. And so our Lord invites us to be very focused there, to see the fruits of many things in and through that cross that God has given to us. And so we can ask our Lord that we might love the cross a little more and to love it in the ordinary things of each day. The husband came to me once in Manila and told me that the thing he found most difficult in his marriage and family life was to accompany his wife shopping on a Saturday afternoon to the supermarket. And he had to push the trolley up and down the different lanes while his wife chose things off the shelves and sometimes changed her mind. And this thing went on for a long period of time. And he says, I get exasperated. No? 
I get so annoyed and, and impatient and furious. And so his big battle in the spiritual life was to keep his big mouth shut and not to complain. And so he used to come back each week and say, well, you know, I managed not to say anything this week. I managed to keep my mouth shut. And he came back another week and said, yes, I managed to keep silent this week. And oh, big battle, big, big struggle. And he came back a third week and said, well, you know, I think my wife is beginning to notice because this week she turned around and she said, what's the matter? Are you sick? <clears throat> and I had to say to her, can't you see I'm about to explode? <laughs> and so that was his big battle. And so sometimes the little crosses of each day can be, well, quite exasperating, difficult, can cost a lot. But often they're in the small things that our Lord has has permitted and those little things all the time and so we could try to say an aspiration when those things come along things that we might not understand we might see as a true contradiction but yet we know this is somehow digital stay the finger of God is here Fulton Jean likes to say there is internal freshness in the wounds of Christ and so it's deep in those wounds that we get the strength to carry whatever crosses it is that God may, may want for us. And the, well, the, the cross is a sign of conversion. All conversion takes place on and from the cross. Benedict, well, Benedict, when he was elected in 2005, he says, the cross is the way to transformation. Without it, nothing is transformed. So when we see the world in a bit of a mess, well, we know the cross is the answer to this mess. The church is the answer to this mess. And when you get the moment, Hilaire Belloc's the um, history of the Reformation, or why it happened. And well, you see the mess that the Europe was in at the time. But yet the answers and the solutions are all in the church, in Christ, in the cross. And so we just have to stay close to the to the cross and Christ will redeem the world as he did before, renewing that redemption, saving the world in all sorts of ways with the instruments that he has given us and then through the means that he's placed before us. And he wants us to derive our strength to carry that cross well then from his wounds. Immersed deep in those wounds that the coming period of Lent will give us a particular opportunity to, to save her go a little deeper in. A very holy person in Singapore said to me once, I, I look forward to Lent and Advent. I was rather struck by those words. I'd never heard somebody say that before. I look forward to Lent and Advent, as though this person knew how to savour the spiritual richness of those periods that the Church gives us. In Letitia Nolidias Mokuche, the Father has given us a sort of a background music for our life. Enjoy no day without a cross. Somebody turned those words around. No cross in Letizia sine die. No cross forever with great joy. You turn them around and you get completely the different meaning. Our Father has told us very clearly our joy is there in and through the cross. One time our father was seated on the steps of Diego de Leon in Madrid 
and he was chatting to two young people of the work who were there sort of as the gorillas keeping people away and getting people coming in and our father was there and he went out and sat on the steps with them to chat to them for a while and one of these young people nearly whistled asked our father to make the sign of the cross in his forehead and our father which was a custom he had often and said to him certainly my son because you've just taught me a wonderful lesson you've reminded me of all the times in my life when i haven't accepted with a smile like the big smile you have on your face from ear to ear the little crosses of each day that god wanted to send me and when our father finished speaking to them he went inside to the commission and he called all the members of the commission together into the living room and told them this young fellow outside has just taught me a wonderful lesson and began to share it with them these are the unmistakable signs of the true cross of christ our father says in the forge serenity a deep feeling of peace a love which is ready for any sacrifice a great effectiveness which welds from christ's own wounded side and always and very evidently cheerfulness and cheerfulness which comes from knowing that those who truly give themselves are beside the cross and therefore beside our lord i remember one time in pamplona there had been an excursion and the vocal of saint michael uh, from the delegation had gone to the excursion and he had fell down somewhere and he he died on that excursion and somebody from marilar in the house was in the house of the delegation the following day and when they came home they were asked well how are things there and somebody had just died in the house and they said well the director of the delegation was just going quietly about his business doing things with great serenity you could see there was obviously a big cross a big suffering a big pain yet people were carrying on trying to see the hand of god behind that major contradiction so over time we learn how to carry the cross and how to give an example to other people of how to carry the crosses that god wants them to carry in their life and there may be many people of the work who whom god visits with major crosses in their life but hopefully from the formation they've received from us at the example they've seen will they learn how to handle that cross in their life and there was a retreat i was giving one time november december 1982 27th i think it was 22nd 22nd and I, in the conference center the director of the catering came to say that somebody had gone out to do a message and had not come back she was very worried and well we told them to pray and an hour later the police came to say there'd been a car accident and the vice director of the catering had been killed and the and another sister numeri had broken their leg and i knew that family they had a brother in the work my age more or less and the mother in that family was a widow the father had died young leaving four children the mother had brought up this four children the eldest our second eldest had joined the work and the mother did not understand his vocation too much but did not stand in his way she was a holy woman and then she got in contact a bit with the work herself and then her daughter only daughter joined the work as a numerary 
that was the one that was killed and then uh, a few la later a few a year or two later the woman herself was listed as a supernumerary and i was in the morgue of the hospital the following day when this lady came to see her dead daughter for the first time and of course there was a lot of grief but then she pulled herself together and said well let's get on with the prayers about a week later after the funeral i was talking to that lady and i asked her well how are you now she just lost her only daughter and she said well i've been thanking god for the crosses that he sends me and i was a bit taken aback here she is thanking god for the crosses that he sends me and she said yes i realize because they could have been worse the and i was thinking well what could have been worse you your husband dies leaving you with four children you're not well off you have to bring up four kids on your own then god asked you for two of your children and then he asked you for the life of your only daughter and she said well my daughter might not have been faithful to her vocation and that would have been worse so here was this woman at the height of her calvary that god had given her the grace to see this with a supernatural outlook and to learn how to thank god for the crosses that he had sent her in her life and those days and weeks well she floored many people with their supernatural considerations when they came to console with her she gave them a great example of how to be supernatural in that moment full of strength beside the cross and the formation that we give people and the example that we give people in the means of formation and in our lifestyle will hopefully helps them to have the strength to carry the crosses that god may permit in their life to turn what might otherwise be sadness into joy. Tristitia vestra convertitur in Gaudium. <clears throat> so we change the outlook of many people in the world by the, the focus that we give them. <clears throat> by our own personal generosity in carrying the cross. And so we could say to our Lord, help me to be more demanding on myself and less demanding on others. Help me to bear with joy for love of Christ the discomforts, the scarcity of means, all the consequences of the real poverty that I'm called to live, the extra demands, siempre más, so that I might be generous with the cross. In the letter in March, in January 93, Don Alvaro said, now that so many people want to hear only about physical well-being and not about sacrifice, about roses and not about thorns we must pay special attention to a warning written by our father in an early document when someone expresses the desire to ask for admission to opus day it's important for them to be told clearly that when they come to the work they come not to Tabor but to calvary meditation the gospel account of our lord's transfiguration master it is well that we are here let us make three booths, St. Peter suggests. And our Lord gave those three apostles a momentary glimpse of the splendor of his divinity at the summit of Mount Tabor. P Peter had still not grasped that Christ had to suffer for us before entering into his glory. And that non est discipulis super magistrum, a disciple is not above his teacher. Later on, he would come to understand it, experiencing it in his own flesh. And he transmitted it to us in one of his letters. Christ suffered for you 
leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. And so, Lord, help me to love the cross, to thank you for it, not to run away from it, to distance myself when you call me to be a little bit more like our Father, or to face the major challenges that may be there in our life. And it could be in the course of our life at some stage, well, God visits us with some particular cross that we never dreamt of, we never thought it might happen to us, but maybe it's some contradiction that comes along that's not going to go away. Maybe it's going to be there for the rest of our life. But yet we have the formation and the grace to be able to, to handle that particular thing, to carry on. Not to see it as a major thing, but just a basic matter of ordinary administration. There was a supernumerary who came to Singapore once who had gone to the States for something and done his seminar for supernumeraries there in San Francisco and was telling me about the numerary in charge of the seminar was Art Kroll, now, now deceased, who I think was a dentist and who it seems at a later stage of his life had Parkinson's disease and it's a thing where you have a lot of rigidity in your limbs and he was uh, one of the people looking after the seminary, uh, looking after the seminar and this guy asked him how he was and he says well I'm very well thank you it's going well I got this new drug and my limbs are much freer now, my joints are much freer than they were. And just the supernumerary was very impressed and moved by this older numerary who was had his health problems, but he was there taking care of the seminar, being available, not focused on his own little problems, but there helping to bring everything forward. Well, often that's the sort of sacrifice that we're called to, to make, to be available for things, to handle situations or activities when maybe we don't feel like it or it's not the easiest thing in the world and we have to get over other sort of difficulties cancel this activity take a leave do what's necessary all these sort of things so that we accept with love as wanted by god for our growth all the sufferings physical and moral contradictions misunderstandings miscommunications sicknesses, limitations. This is the way God has made me. This is where he's placed me. This is where we, he wants me to be at this particular moment. And he will give me the grace to be able to handle the problems or to bring it through or to work in me and through me in spite of my miseries or my difficulties or my limitations. When we come to the works at Alvaro, we do not come to Tabor. If we're faithful to God on this earth, he will grant us that glorious happiness in heaven, but not before. Nor if we come to the work for the sake of a poor earthly happiness, precariously balanced upon human success or prosperity. Much less if we come in search of an almost animal contentment, like that which the fool, that is what our Lord calls him in the parable was, after he said to himself, take your ease, eat, drink and be merry. And so we look for the cross of each day, we thank God for the cross that comes. And sometimes with our corporal means of mortification, we'll be imposed the cross on ourselves. We should have a great love for those means, great fidelity to those means, embrace those means. There are many little miseries and contradictions and limitations that are to be conquered in and through those means that remind us that we're here to carry the cross. The prayer of the senses, 
and to carry it generously, we show our Lord with those means that we're serious. Jesus calls us to Calvary, he says, so that we can give up our lives in co-redemption with him. If any man, man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This is the only way to attain happiness in heaven and on earth. For Jesus promises that whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so we've come to lose our life. And that's the way we show other people that we place Christ on the top of all human activities. That's what it's all about. How well our Father knew this from experience. Having the cross, he says, means finding happiness and joy. And the reason, which I now see more clearly than ever, is this. <clears throat> that having the cross means being identified with Christ. Means being Christ, and therefore being a son of God. <clears throat> and it's worth nailing ourselves to the cross, because it means entering into life, drinking in the life of Christ. And so, Lord, help me to see, help me to understand, and to impose that cross a little better each time with our small mortifications, with all the little acts of self-denial. St. Paul himself says, St. Paul himself had to take a stand against those who wanted to behave in a worldly manner, he says, and who tried to justify themselves by saying, all things are lawful to me, he declares, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. And in a few words, he teaches with his own example what the attitude of a son or daughter of God should be with regard to the goods of this earth. The world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And so we embrace the cross. Thank God for it. We know we're on the right track. We use it, harness it, to show our Lord, well, I'm really serious about that particular intention. That soul that has to find their vocation that other virtue that I want to acquire, the vice that I want to conquer, and that other soul that I want to bring forward in some particular way. In Vasquez the Prada, we're told that at first sight, the oratory in Henair Street seemed to have a motive of crosses. The crucifix on the altar, the wooden crosses on the wall, the crosses at the base and intersections of each of the candlesticks, the crosses on the frieze, the 14 crosses of the stations of the cross, Years later, in one of his circular letters, St. Rosemaria mentioned this. He said, in the auditory, a small room, lacking even benches, despite being the best room in the house, we had put up the stations of the cross, and I told my sons how valiant we are. We've put up all these crosses. Are you ready to carry all of them? We find Our Lady beside the cross, strong, faithful, joyful full of fortitude. We can ask Our Lady that we might come to love the cross as she did, as the great instrument that God has given us, and that we might entertain that desire to place it on the top of all human activities. Thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice, my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. St. Maria is most present.